Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio What's going on, everybody? We are back. This is episode 217 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. And I am Kevin. And uh, you happen to have rolled a history last time. Yes. Before we get into that, um, I just wanted to say a little bit of something um, before we actually get into the episode. I just want to say thank you to everyone that reached out to me um, from last Friday. That was pretty rough little day for me uh towards the end of the day i uh yeah it was as i said we cover some weird fucking crazy shit on this podcast but to have an experience where you know you're not expecting it and you're like holy shit you know when you walk into a room (laughs) Yeah. Did they ever say anything about it? Like, so many fucking people die there that it's not even a big deal anymore. You know? No. No, nothing. No, it was... In the meantime, we just had three people get arrested with, like, $50,000 worth of fentanyl between the three of them. And they got, quote, released on conditions, which means they got a slap on the wrist and told not to do it again. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, welcome to Rutland. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, it was, and, and then, uh, you know, we were talking about it on Monday, so my boss thought we were actually joking when we mentioned that we think we just walked in on a dead body, we're pretty sure we did, uh, our boss was like, oh, I thought you were joking about that, I'm like, the fuck would we joke about a dead body for? Because it's almost Halloween! I mean, I'm like, no, we didn't. We weren't joking. Oh well, not to be callous, but it was just another dead crackhead. Well, yeah, probably well, yeah, but <laughs> still, it's not you that walked in on it. It yeah. was me. Oh, did you guys call the police and shit? Or didn't have to. Why? There was a fucking cop downstairs. Oh, having a meeting. Oh, <laughs> about. All the calls that they were getting, <laughs> that they had to respond to. Wow, this place is a shithole. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's lucky. This is one of those times where I'm glad I didn't have um, my sense of smell. They don't have one. Yeah. This was definitely one of those times because 
because you know the guy I was with just was like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, dead's not one of those smells that gets out of your nose easily. Um, I mean, it was, but like I said, I've seen seen dead people before. You know, you know, I've watched I watched my grandfather pass away. Um, been to f- countless funeral, you know, wakes. You know, so you know that's. I know I realize it's just one of those things that happens, but walking into a room and seeing that was that like, was it like covered up or fuck no oh just fucking no oh, we out on the fucking bed yeah he was like we walked in the room by ourselves like well, figured, no, yeah. nobody accompanied us at all there should have been somebody with us because it was an occupied room well the. Um, they were busy. No, being they weren't. Shit bags. They were. They weren't. It's a full time job. They should have been going with us, but um, the people that own that hotel are full time shit bags, so they were very busy. Well, hopefully they get shut down. Yeah, that'd be good. They should just let that fucking place burn down when they had the chance to. No, it didn't even. It wasn't even really a fire there. I know. What's sad is like adjacent to their diagonally is one of the nicer hotels in Rutland. You know. Yeah. Still, it's just fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's one of those images that, like, Saturday night, you know, I posted, because Ben, um, you know, asked how he's doing, and I said, if you, everybody saw it, I, I didn't get, I woke up at four o'clock that morning. I went to bed at 11, and I was back up at four. That's a solid five hours. You can go to work on that. I don't think I got five hours worth of sleep. This was on a Friday, so this was that night, and I was like, I was up rest of the day, you know, didn't go to bed until you know when my brain said go to fucking sleep. Yeah, but you know when you're off, up off and on the whole night, you know you're not really sleeping, Mm-mm. and then you know and then. I was like, okay, Saturday, all right, passed out that night. Sunday, okay, should be able to sleep. Should be no problem. Slept most of the night, and then I don't know. Your your brain just does fucking stupid shit, and my brain like it doesn't even matter what I'm watching. Like I could be watching. I watch hockey. Been watching hockey to go to bed, too. Watching that. Hell, one night I was watching fucking cricket. And Ugh. if anything's going to put you to sleep, it's that. <laughs> yeah. And, Boring um, ass game. And I just had a fucked up dream. Just one partial of a dream. And my brain just foom right back to it. And then I was like, up. Okay. Mm. You know, it's it was just a sight that I'd never want to see again. Happens. You know, unfortunately, it happens. Yeah, but. So anyway, what do you? Uh, what'd you anyway, have to so say? anyway, sorry about that. Um, sorry about that, folks. But yeah, once again, I just want to say thank you all for reaching out. All that good stuff. It means a lot to me. So anyway, so like Kevin said, this week, uh, I know how. Um, I had the dice roll of history. Well, this is not a typical history topic that we're going to that we normally cover. The episode is historical. Just as much 
as it is a crime. Because <laughs> I went crime-based. Okay. Well, I mean, history, you can do pretty much fucking anything. Yeah. But usually we do something like some historical like event or something like that. Usually that's what happens. So I was looking around the web. Great. Kevin found another train robbery. Nope. And I came across this, and I was like, okay, I think that I'm going to cover it. I know we have done uh, two weeks of crime, but, I mean, I twist everybody's arm. But this is, uh, you know, this is one of those that I was like, the hell with it. I want to, I want to cover it because it's hit, it is history, but it is true crime history. So without further delay for the episode, we're going to be covering, uh, we're actually going to be going into and talking about Dr. Satan. Okay. I know that some of you are, th- some of you are thinking, why are we going to talk about a character from A House of Thousand Corpses. No, no, no. There's a real one, though. Well, we're not. And I know as soon as I mention this, and I know I, I just I put this right in my fucking notes, Kevin is going to say, oh, yep, yep, I knew who this is. And he fucking did. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Satan's real name is Marcel... Uh, Patois. <laughs> no, it's... Perot, whatever the fuck it, it is. No, yeah. it's... Uh, Pediop. Yeah, some unpronounceable French French bullshit. It's it's Pediop. And boy was he a piece of shit um, too. He, he was born on January seventeenth, eighteen ninety seven, in Auxerre, France. <laughs> he was a French serial killer who did his killing during World War Two, when the Jews were fleeing from, do. when the Jews were fleeing from Nazi Germany. His crimes were the inspiration for uh, Henri. Uh, Triot's novel La Tetite sur les Espales. Okay. Uh, epa- no, Epales. Uh, 1951, a good de- uh, good head on his shoulders. And the film Doctor uh, Doctor Pirot, uh, 1990. Uh, so his early life is not well known. And in full disclosure, um, if any of you look into him, you may find sites that give um, information about his early life, but after looking at several of them and seeing different things on him, it is the same. So, needless to say, not much is truly known. Yeah. I mean, not at all. We weren't really too concerned about chasing serial killers across Europe when we had, you know, Nazis to shit kick. Well, this is before Nazis. Well, yeah, but, you know. This is 1897. Yeah, but that wasn't really the important part. It was more like, you know, um, because nobody was looking for him that either. Well, you know, uh, what is known about him was that he did have a troubled childhood, and he was forced to go from school to school because um, well, he was expelled. He would have disciplinary, disciplinary issues, uh, no. like taking his father's gun to school and firing it off. Uh, he, I thought you said this took place in France. I said clearly American activity. Well, in 18, uh, well, early 1900, you know. Um, I seem to recall a gentleman that blew up a school in the early 1900s here. Well, there was a lot of stuff like that. But, I mean, early 1900s, they're allowed to fucking, they weren't, you know, a totalitarian fucking regime that, you know, were like, hey, you can't own weapons. Yeah. 
then well, they were like, hey, fuck France it. actually has fairly lax gun laws compared to like places like England and Scotland, though. True. Very true. Um, Germany's, Germany's are pretty not bad, too, but um, the best of them in, Pol- in um, Europe is Poland. Poland's are pretty fucking like, oh, you want a gun? Sure. Cool. Pass background check. Do a safety course. Um, I think Belgium, something like that. Or like, hey, you fucking, you got to have a weapon. Switzerland. Or Switzerland. Like, yeah. hey, you must have a weapon. Yeah. Here, here. No, no, no. Here, here's a state Bitch, issued you live one. here? Yeah. And of uh, course, because they're Swiss, they're like, here's a SIG. Fucking enjoy. No. No. So, uh, like I said, uh, he kind of had a bounce around from school to school, disciplinary issues. Like taking his father's gun to school and firing it off. Uh, he also asked a female student of the school to have sex with him. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he would also go on uh, to stealing a, a mailbox, which would lead him to, um, which lead would lead him being charged with petty theft and damage to prop, uh, public property. Uh, he would be forced to undergo a psychological evaluation, and he was declared to have. Um, Mental illness. Okay, so aside from the whole, like, shooting a gun off at school and trying to fuck some girl at school, the rest of that is pretty much shit that I've done as a child. Who, who didn't vandalize a mailbox? Well, different times. Who who didn't intentionally knock down somebody's mailbox and then shit in it with their mail in it? Me. I mean, I know I have. Me. But. Never did that. Eh, they had it coming. I mean, just different times. You know, this is the time, this is the time, well, think about it. This is that time in life where, um, so you and Shelby, when you were dating, if you were dating at this, this period of time, you would not have been, uh, going out on dates alone. You would have been chaperoned by someone. Yeah. Um, you know, you would have asked to had, had to have asked permission to, you know, kiss her. And I mean, yeah, you did ask permission to marry yeah, which is one of those old timey things. Well, just I didn't do it keeps... the way that that people usually do, because I asked her mom. Okay, but, you know, you asked a parent. Yeah, you know? it wasn't really, n- not even necessarily asking. It was more informing them that I was intending to, you know. I think there was an ask. No, it was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do this, and they're like, oh, great, awesome, it's about time. Well, was the answer I got across the board. So, uh, <clears throat> so. He was declared to have mental illness on March 26th of 1914. The charges would, against him would be dropped because of this said diagnosis of mental illness. Uh, it is worth noting that it is believed that some of uh, these claims were made up after he was actually caught and his crimes uh, became public knowledge. This is uh, for sure what – is, what is for sure is that he did have an evaluation done – and that he was found mentally ill. This, however, did not stop him from getting an education, though, and moving on with his life. He would finish an education, his education at a uh, special school in Paris and would graduate when he was 18. Now, some sources I gather from reading uh, would put this, his graduating date at around 16, but that, once again, I'm not for certain on. Because it's, it right. varies from site to site. So he would be um, either drafted or enlisted voluntarily into the army for World War One. Now, this is another one of those cases of things that 
I think is not really known because some sources say he was drafted. Some he enlisted on his own. Others don't say at all. Right. Uh, this is one of, one of those uh, parts about trying to find information on the internet and then trying to talk about it that makes you look like an idiot to some people. You know, uh, and, that, and that's honest truth. I mean, some some of you guys are going to be like, you know, Oh, he's a fucking idiot because he doesn't know what this is. Well, the honest truth is, if you actually looked up the information and did the research, you would be like, oh, okay. I mean, if I had hours and hours of doing this, I had a a library at my disposal to go and spend hours and hours upon hours of doing research before I wrote a paper on it, damn right I'm going to make sure that my, my shit's proper in order yeah and, i'm gonna have everything but getting stuff off of the internet it's hit or miss you yeah. have to make sure the the source is reliable and, and until we can do this full time we're you know, you know we would have time <clears throat> to sit down and read an entire goddamn book on the topic mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah <clears throat> how it's gonna work so um yeah i mean yeah it's just like i said it just kind of makes you an idiot and I, it drives me nuts but anyway, that doesn't matter. What they can uh, all agree on of all these sources is that he was in in the infantry and that he was involved uh, in the battle of uh, – God, I tried to – I looked at this fucking word several times and I tried to uh, pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot for the hip on it, and if I get it wrong, I apologize. It uh, The battle of Asni – um, this was a battle that did not turn out so well for the French. And in, uh, uh, this is why it didn't turn out so well. I and mean, it, say like you're shocked, like oh man, the French well, French got their dicks handed to them here. Well, yeah, it happened a lot during World War One. It happened a lot to everybody in World well, War One. Well, this wasn't. This wasn't. This shouldn't have been. This shouldn't have probably had been as bad as it was. Um, this battle. Yeah, it turned out bad because it ended up with 187 casualties uh, for them. It uh, was a costly attack, ultimately involving 1.2 million troops and 7,000 guns. And they lost how many? 187 casualties. That's it? That's, well, that's just casualties. That's it? 187 or 187,000? I'm, I'm sorry, 187,000. I was going to say, 187 wow. is fucking nothing. Wow. That's sorry. a drop in the bucket. <laughs> I apologize. I wrote it as 187,000. I, I, I kind of figured you did because it was like 187. Like, yeah, if you lost that in a couple yeah. hours, who gives a shit, no. you know? Um, it achieved little in the way of territorial gain. Certainly not the 48-hour breakthrough uh, event that, you know, that they that they envisioned. Yeah. Um, and also brought to a, an end the career of its uh, instigator, the French commander in chief Robert uh, Neville, that and sparked widespread mutiny in the army. It was well deserved because Neville, Neville, I'm sorry, thought that by making his push, it making this push, it would bring an end to the war. In two days' time, everybody fucking thought that. Well, I can yeah. end this war. And t- no, motherfucker, you can't. And, and it doesn't matter how many guys you get to throw in the wood chipper. You can throw a million dudes at this one particular thing. You're not going to win the war in two days. That's not how it works. Well, you know, it's inspirational. You're gonna you're I mean, gonna fight for six weeks, and you're both gonna gain a couple feet. 
The problem, so, the problem you know, with this was what made it a real blunder. Wasn't so much the fact that they lost the 187 men. It was the fact that because he was boasting so much and blabbing, the Germans actually became um, knowledgeable on the whole plan. Yeah, because he was running his mouth. Which made it fubar, you know. Yep. Yeah, it just it just it just why, fucked it. That's why you you don't tell everybody your goddamn game plan. Of course not. You know, well, he didn't tell loose him. lips sink ships. He didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, no, you don't you're not telling him directly, but he's out there fucking. You know, he was he was he was just uh, trying to pitch it so much to everyone that it just word got back. It kind of you know. I mean, you have spies. You know? <laughs> That's why you don't run your yeah. fucking mouth so much. So close well, doors. While Leave fighting, while while fighting in this battle, um, Marcel would be injured and he would be exposed to gas, like so many others. Nice. Uh, he would be sent to uh, several rest homes. While he was at the rest homes, he would be arrested for petty theft because he stole army blankets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, another source that I came across also uh, included morphine and other army supplies, as well as wallets, photog- uh, photographs, and letters of uh, from the, a few soldiers. Is what he stole. If I remember correctly, one of the places this guy this guy landed in one of these like rest homes, they kicked him out because he was stealing doorknobs too. Uh, I didn't see anything about doorknobs um, at all. No, no, no nothing, you no, said doorknobs though. I was like, wait a minute. Um, no, there was there was another show that I listened to that has covered this guy, and they had made mention about doorknobs well, being stolen too. So I was like, because he's just a, he's a fucking kleptomaniac. He just steals anything he can get his hands on. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's one of those ones. I think that's possibility that it, you know, unless it came from a book, an actual book, and not a you know a, a, an internet source. You don't, you can't really know. I mean, I found fucking shit on Murderpedia, and I found some other, you know, reputable sources, and they all, they, they were all giving, like, some would just say, oh, well, you know, he just did this, and and some would say, well, here's a little bit more. Hmm. So, um, but, you know, if he stole a fucking doorknob or two, okay, it's probably, I wouldn't put it past him. No. Uh, he would be jailed in Orleans, then... Um, he would be sent to uh, F- uh, Fleury Les Abres, which was a, a psychiatric hospital. Well, while there, he would be evaluated and he would be diagnosed with various mental ailments and was returned to the front in 1918. Yeah, it's June point. of 1918. Yeah. Uh, while at the front again, he would suffer another mental breakdown. <laughs> so somebody farted near him and he thought he was being gassed again. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, which is not uncommon. I mean, people, you know, no, you lose your shit. W- once you're been involved with, you know, I mean, I can see it. I can't understand it. Never. I can just under. I can um, comprehend it because I, I'll never be able to understand it because I've never been in that situation, you know? And that, that's a, that's a different scale of PTSD. Than what guys now deal with, because it, it, war was so much different then that they went through a lot of 
god awful shit that we can't even comprehend happening now in battle. Well, you know, watching mean, your friends be eaten alive by fucking rats because you've been in the trench for so long, taking your boots off and having toes fall off in your socks. Guys nowadays ain't dealing with that shit. No. You know, I'm not taking anything away from them because they go through a lot of a lot of silly bullshit that they yeah. don't have to as humans. But it's a completely different fucking animal. Yep. You know, because keep in mind back then, everybody was armed pretty much the fucking same. Yeah. They weren't fighting cave people like we have been for the last 20 years. You know, look what happens when you have two forces that are pretty well armed against each other with very good tactics. We're watching it happen on the Internet. You know, somehow we're not physically involved. We're just siphoning off a bunch of our own fucking money and sending it there and we're paying for it. So thanks, Washington. It happens. That's just another fifty billion at the beginning of the year too, after the eighty that we've already sent. So, but yeah, glad they get to fight their war, and we get to pay fucking seven dollars a gallon for fuel this year, this winter. So, possibility, you know, strong possibility. Yeah, but it's okay though, because yeah, we'll save, we'll save the rants and bullshit for Patreon. So he was eventually discharged for abnormal abnormal behavior. For which some of his examiners said that uh, she he should have been institutionalized for. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he would get a disability pension. It is worth noting that his mental breakdown came after he had either shot himself in the foot or he injured said foot with a grenade. I mention this because this is something that was not mentioned everywhere. So it leaves one to wa- wondering... Did he really shoot himself in the foot or uh, hurt his foot with a grenade? Or is this something that was made up about him after Mm. the murders came to light to like, you know, into the public light, which drew more attention? I'm Ah. not I'm not really sure. I'm more inclined to say he shot himself in the foot because that was a pretty common thing back then. Because you're wounded, so you get to go to the back. You don't have to stay there and fight. I Especially don't. if you've already been fucked up once and you don't want to go back, you know, you put a thirty-eight round through your foot and call it a day. Yeah, but it seems like, you know, I don't know. It's one of those weird ones where you don't really know for sure. Because, I mean, if it w- if it really happened, once again, it's one of those ones where it should be... If a lot of these are getting, it, getting their sources from, you know, reputable... Stuff, but it, 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 it would tell about that. There, there's precedent for that happening. There is precedent, but I'm you not know. saying that precedent, you know, is is one of those ones that happened in this situation. Because this guy fucking, you know, he was a little bit nuts. He was a fucking con artist, too. And, you know. I mean, things get around, you know. I mean, somebody says, oh, well, he may, I think he shot himself in the foot, you know, after. Because like, he probably did. That's some crazy people activity. Or non-crazy people. But after being discharged from the army, after having a mental breakdown, uh, and whatever else he may or may not have done, uh, would have pushed some to get away from everything and live the rest of their lives in peace and quiet in the country. Not good old Marcel. He would instead enroll in college, or as they would call it, university and he would get a medical degree 
in December of 1921. Uh, this was a sped-up program for military veterans to get them back into the workforce. This program was for eight months, and he would become an intern at a mental hospital in <laughs> uh, Evru. Um, after getting his degree, he would uh, set up shop in the town of Villeneuve. Uh, uh, more <clears throat> impronounceable French bullshit. No. He would set up, after getting his degree, he would set up shop in the town of Villanueva. Villanueva. No. <laughs> Villanueva is definitely not no. in France. The god, Villana, okay. goddamn Moors spreading their Spanish all over the place. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, in the town of Villeneuve. I'll go over that. Sure. Cause it, so, sounds better uh, than Villanueva. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where he became a, a popular figure. He would be so popular that he would run for mayor of the town in 1926. Only four months after being elected as mayor, he would be suspended as mayor. Yeah, because uh, he shouldn't have been elected in the first place. Um, I did read that he was suspected of embezzling money from the town. That's why no. he was actually suspended. No way. This crazy um, man was stealing money? It was also in that same year that he would actually kill his first person. Well, I say that this is when he killed his first person, first victim B. But according to a few sources, they claim that it was... Uh, never proven to actually be accurate. Mm -hmm. They don't know if this was his first one or not, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, this was his first victim. Yeah. Um, so, with that said, his first supposed victim was uh, Louise uh, Delavu, his lover and the daughter of one of his patients in Villeneuve-sur-Yon. Uh, it wasn't until May of 1926 that people began to realize that she was actually missing. So this is, uh, you know, months. months. Yeah. You know. I haven't seen. Where'd she go, I wonder? Yeah. Huh. She's in a fucking barrel somewhere. Um, neighbor, neighbors of um, Marcel would later say that they did see him loading a trunk into his car. <laughs> now, why the police initially... Uh, investigated the case, they ultimately stopped looking into it and dubbed her a runaway. Ah, of course. Uh, so right away in the back of his, in the fucking trunk of his car. Yeah. So now back to him becoming the mayor in 1926. Because according to another few sources, he was not in office for just a few months, then suspended. Those sources stated that he was in office for from August of 1931. I'm sorry. He was in office until August of 1931, and then he resigned because of said allegations. Mm -hmm. uh, he was so popular that the village council actually resigned with him. Jesus Christ. Uh, five weeks later, on October 18th, he was actually elected as counselor of uh, Ion, uh, the Ion District. In 1932, he was accused of... A, of something again. Uh, he was accused of stealing electric power from the village of Villeneuve-sur-Yon, and he lost his seat on the council. 
Then, by 1933, he would move to Paris. Uh, I did say, I did find that um, before actually the charges and everything could be, um, you know, brought forth and he, he be booted, he actually had moved along anyway right. and moved on to Paris. Uh, so in Paris, he would start to build a successful medical practice, but there would be rumors of illegal abortions and over-prescriptions of uh, addictive remedies. In 1936, he was appointed <clears throat> Médecine des Actes Civils with authority to write uh, death certificates. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. The same year, he was briefly uh, institutionalized for kleptomania. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You saw that one coming. <laughs> but, Stealing all this bullshit. But was released the following year. He still persisted in tax evasion. Um, with the w- start of World War II and the fall of France to the Nazis, Marcel would uh, begin to provide false medical disability certificates for people who were being sent to Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were being sent to Germany because they were drafted to perform forced labor. Yeah, <laughs> drafted. Uh, big old air quotes. Uh, he would also <laughs> treat workers... That would actually return ill from Germany. He was uh, convicted in nineteen in July nineteen forty two of over prescribing narcotics, despite the fact that two addicts who um, wouldn't would have testified against him had disappeared. And uh, he was fined uh, two thousand four hundred francs for you know this. Uh, this crime. So like 38 bucks. Maybe. I don't know. I, I eh. French uh, money may have still been worth something at this point in time before you were like taking a fucking wheelbarrow of it to the bank to buy bread and shit. Yeah. Possibly. I'm not really sure. Uh, well, how much it would be. I don't know. You know, according to his own tall tales, P.O. also developed secret weapons that supposedly killed Germans without leaving forensic evidence. Yeah. Brain weapons. Uh, he just gave them fucking brain tumors by looking at them. Uh, had high-level meetings with Allied commanders, engaged in resistance activities, planting booby, booby traps all over Paris, uh, and worked with a non-existent... <laughs> that's in quotes. Uh, ...group of anti-fascist Spaniards... Yeah. Hold on. Uh, well, no, that would make sense because the Spanish Civil War was fascist and Marxist. So he was working with commie Spaniards. Yeah, but they didn't exist. Of course they didn't. This guy's a fucking Looney Tune. Uh, now, although none of these claims have actually ever been proven, former U.S. Uh, spy master Colonel John F. Uh, Grumbach did mention him. Uh, as a World War II source in 1980. So, maybe some of it's true. Who knows? Nah. You know. So, Marcel's most lucrative activity, however, was his own false escape route, uh, Fly Talks. He ad- adapted a code name of Dr. Eugene. He accepted it's a any... terrible fucking name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm Dr. Earl. I don't trust you. <sighs> F- 
fucking Earl and you're going to do medicine? No. Wow. No, thanks. He accepted anyone who would uh, afford his price of 25,000 francs per person, regardless of whether they were Jews, resistant fighters, or ordinary criminals. His aides, Raoul Foyer, uh, Edmund Pintard, and René Gustave uh, Nezondet directed victims to his hands. Their victims were often people wanted by the Germans or the Vichy government, including Jews, resistant fighters, or ordinary criminals. Yeah, you know, you know me, I'm a regular doctor. I'll even work on the Jews. <laughs> Once he knew that they were completely in his grasp, he convinced them that the Argentine officials needed an asylum seat needed all asylum seekers to be inoculated against disease. <laughs> yeah. He then killed them by injecting them with cyanide and took all their belongings. I mean, technically, they didn't die from disease. No. They died from poison. True. So. Very much. Mm, not going to fault him there. I mean, he's protecting him from diseases because you can't get a disease when you're dead. That's true. Prove me wrong. I can't. So at first, Marcel dumped the bodies in the Seine. Uh, but he later destroyed the bodies by submerging them in uh, quicklime or by incinerating them. In 1941, Marcel bought a house in, at 21 Rue Le uh, Seigneur. Seigneur? Uh, he would fall, uh, fail to keep a, a low profile like he should have. Shocking. And because of this, he would get the attention of the Gestapo. By April of 1943, Gestapo agent Robert uh, Jodkum forced pris uh, prisoner I Ivan Dreyfus to approach the supposed network, but he simply vanished. <laughs> A later informer successfully infiltrated the operation, and the Gestapo arrested Foyer, uh, Pintard, and Nezodent. Under the torture, under torture, they confessed that Doctor Eugene was Marcel Piot. Nezodent was later released, but three others, uh, the three others, spent eight months in prison, suspected of helping Jews to escape. How dare they? Even under torture, they did not identify any of the other members of the resistance they because they actually knew none of them. Because yeah. they weren't there, they weren't real. Uh, the this fucking retard just made it all up. Uh, the Gestapo released the three men in January of 1944. Uh, let's see. In March of 1944, the neighbors would uh, notice smoke coming from the house at 21 Rue uh, Le Sujure. The house that came, the smoke that came from the house, yeah, the house that came from the smoke. Yes. Nope. House smoke. <laughs> yes. The one of my smoke. favorite old cowboy shows. Yep. It's a great one. <laughs> Just like gun smoke. Yeah, yeah. It's different. Yep. Uh the smoke that came from the from the place was not a good smoke. It was smoke that smelled bad. When the police called uh Marcel, he would tell them to actually wait for him. However, thirty minutes later, police were obliged obligate um, yeah, obliged to call the fire department. So I think it's supposed to be obligated. Yeah, probably. Um, I think I wrote that one wrong. 
anyway, uh, called the fire department to stop the spreading fire. When the firemen came through a secondary story window, they found a grisly display of bodies and body parts. When Marcel arrived, he claimed that there was that he was a member of the French resistance and claimed that the bodies were those of Germans, traitors, and collaborators. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Nice try. And well, he thought he could get away with this because people in general approved of resistance activities and the police were reluctant to, to arrest him, and so they released him. When the police searched the garage, they found a pit full, filled with quicklime and human remains in it. Uh, on the staircase, they found a canvas sack containing human remains. There were enough body parts for at least ten complete bodies. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah, so Maybe a couple more. Who knows? You know? So I didn't really know what quicklime was, so I had to look it up. And I'm gonna sh- I'll share this with the rest of the class. So quicklime is a calcium oxide when it contacts water, as it often does in burial sites. It reacts with the water to co- uh, make calcium hydroxide, also known as uh, slacklime. This corrosive material may uh, damage the corpse, but it the heat produced from the activity will kill many of the uh, petrifying bacteria and dehydrate the body. So he was basically taking out yeah everything out of the body. Yeah, to, quick, quick lime is pretty fucking to kind of like make sure that you know there's no no nothing for as far as like blood right. and whatever else, so that and he quick... could just get rid of the fucking get rid of the you know the body parts, cut them up or do whatever he yeah. was gonna do. Quicklime also is a pretty good uh, uh, scent deterrent as well. We use, uh, we use well, it's garden lime is what we use with the chickens, but it's not much different to keep mm. the stank down. Um, the prominent Paris police com- uh, commis- uh, commissioner, Georges Victor Massou, took charge of the investigation. His first problem was to establish if Marcel was killing for the resistance or for the Gestapo. The latter possibility was eliminated when he received a telegram from Germans where Germans ordered Marcel to be arrested as a, quote, dangerous lunatic. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Don't often agree with the Germans in World War II, but, I mean, dangerous lunatic fits. Yeah. Police found uh, Marcel's apartment on Rue Calmartin uh, abandoned, but also found large amounts of chloroform, uh, digitalitis, uh, and various other poisons in addition to large amounts of, uh, of more usual medical remedies. German Commissioner Robert uh, Jodkum told them that the Gestapo had arrested uh, Marcel on suspicion of smuggling Jews. Police also found a man who had uh, intended to escape but changed his mind. He said that Marcel had offered him passage to South America for 25,000 francs. Uh, Police managed to identify two victims who would have uh, testified against Pio. 
1942 narcotics trial. It was the first time police had proof of their suspicions that the witnesses had been murdered. Marcel's brother, Maurice, confessed that he had delivered quicklime quick to um, Marcel's house on his brother's orders. Mm-hmm. He was charged with conspiracy to commit murder and jailed. Uh, Georgette Peel was also arrested on suspicion of having aided her husband, as were uh, Peel's accomplices, uh, Nezodent and uh, Porchon, and Albert and Simon uh, Nesshausen, who they who confessed that they had helped remove suitcases from Peel's uh, charnel house. <laughs> they didn't smell funny or nothing. No, they wouldn't. I mean, they're fucking, you know, there's nothing in, nothing to make them smell. Because <laughs> yeah. there's no feces, there's no nothing. <laughs> on June 6, 1944, the police had to put the investigation on hold when other matters interfered. The Normandy invasion had begun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More important things to do there. Yeah. yeah. So during the intervening seven months, Pio hid his with friends, claiming that the, the Gestapo wanted him because he had killed Germans and informers. He eventually moved in with a patient, uh, Georges Redout, uh, let his beard grow and adopt various aliases. When the resistance and the Paris police uh, rose against the German troops in Paris, uh, Marcel adopted the name Henri Valéry and joined the French forces of the in, uh, interior, the FFI. Man, it was so easy to change your name back then. You're just like, no, that's not me, dude. Yeah. This is me. This is my name. Yep. Get your cards? Nah, I ain't got none of that shit. <laughs> what, what, you, what you mean, boss? Well, you don't fucking believe me? No, 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 no. Not saying that. <laughs> Listen, yeah. you know me forever. <laughs> we went to school together. Same shit in, like, the Wild West. You're just like, no, my name's fucking this and then you go to the next town you're like no i never heard of that guy i don't know totally not me you know prove it prove me wrong ridiculous (laughs) so i wish it was that easy now yeah i would just do all kinds of awful shit and then just go to a different town (laughs) he so he became a captain in charge of uh counter espionage and prisoner interrogations when the newspaper resistance published an article about uh, Marcel, his defense attorney from the 1942 necro- narcotics case, received a letter in which his, his fugitive client claimed that the published allegations were uh, mere lies. Mm. This gave police a hint that Marcel was still in Paris. The search began anew, with Henri Valerie among those who were drafted to find him. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Finally, on October 31st, Marcel was recognized at a Paris metro station and arrested. Among his possessions were a pistol, 31,700 francs, and 50 sets of identity documents. Uh, So, Marcel was placed on death row at La Santé prison. He continued to claim that he was innocent and that he had only killed 
uh, enemies of France. He claimed that he had discovered the pile of bodies <laughs> in 21 Rue Le Sur <laughs> in February of 1944 and assumed that they were collaborators that the members of his, quote, network had killed. Yeah. <laughs> Police noticed that Marcel had no friends in any of the major resistance groups. Some of the groups he'd mentioned had never existed. There was no proof of any of his claim exclaim exploits. I mean, sorry. Some of his group, some of the groups he he'd mentioned had never existed, and there was no proof of any of his claimed exploits. Prosecutors eventually charged him with at least twenty-seven murders for profit. Their estimate of his loot ran to two hundred million francs. Marcel went on trial on March 19, 1946, facing 135 criminal charges. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, René uh, Floria acted as the defense against a team consisting of state prosecutors and 12 civil lawyers hired by relatives of uh, Piot's victims. Piot ta uh, taunted the, the prosecuting lawyers and claimed that various victims had been collaborators or double agents, or that uh, vanished people were alive and well in South America mm -hmm. under his under new names. Of course, yeah. He admitted to killing just nineteen of the ah, twenty-seven man. victims found in his house and claimed that they were Germans and collaborators. Collaborators, but. Uh, part of a total of 63, quote, enemies killed. Uh, uh, Rene Floria attempted to portray Pio as a resistance hero, but the judges and jurors were unimpressed. And Pio was convicted of 26 counts of murder and sentenced to death. On May 25th, Pio was beheaded after a stay of a few days due to a problem in the release mechanism of the guillotine. Yes. <laughs> he had his head chopped off. Well, dude, they executed, like, the last guillotine execution was in, like, 1974. So they used that bitch pretty frequently uh, up until then. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hitler was a big fan. Used it a lot. Oh, yeah? Um, but, yeah, they... they uh, actually, hold on. Let me uh, get my correct date here. Uh, last execution by guillotine was uh uh occurred in 1977 i was wrong they didn't outlaw the its use until 1981 yeah <laughs> so you were you were on the planet when france was like maybe we should stop using this thing permanently huh. you know <laughs> it was yeah. september 1981 so you were like well over a year old you know like uh they're kind of like yeah i guess uh i guess we'll stop now yeah and then i don't know I say bring it back, except instead of, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the neck. Just random body parts. Just jam them through. Yeah. You know? The last public execution, though, was in 39. You want to be a real shit cunt? We'll just cut, chop your fucking feet off. Yeah. You know? I mean, so Marcel here didn't get a public execution. His was behind closed doors. Yeah. I mean, the last one was in 39. It was Eugene uh, uh, Weidman. 
uh, he was the last one to get that fucking choppy choppy. Yeah. So yeah, so that is uh, Marcel Petiot for you guys. Patootie. Marcel Patoot. Patoot. Poop poop Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it was an interesting one that I was like, hmm. Uh, it was still true crime though. Yeah, it was true crime. It was true crime. But it was history. It's still true fuck crime. Fuck it. Though. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's history. I got to do a cult next week, man. It's not going to be fun. Ugh. I'm trying to figure it out still. Like, I've got a couple options, but I just uh, haven't nailed one down yet. But let's see what you're doing the week after. Badass. Badass. God damn it. I want to do a badass. So, anyway, uh, $5 a month. Wow, fuck. I'll start that over again. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash darkwindowspodcast. $5 a month gets you access to all of our back catalog and all of our front catalog. Like the part that we haven't written yet. So you get, you're going to get a big catalog in the mail. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a bunch of shit that's old. Uh-huh. Then there's going to be a bunch of blank pages. Uh-huh. So when you get the new stuff, you just like paste it in there. Okay. Front catalog. See what I, you know, see where we're going there. It's, it's a, it's, it's a addition. Yeah. Except it's going to be set up backwards. Like one of them fucking weird, uh, uh, fucking, you know, ba, 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 ba. Japanese waifu like books, you know? No, I don't. Manga. That's what I was, the word I was looking for. I still don't know what yeah. you're talking I'm about. I'm not a weeb, so I don't understand. It's Japanese comic books and they're just fucking weird. What is? Japan. Weebs or? All of it. Weeb? White dudes that are obs- like strictly obsessed with Japan, super fucking weird to me. No, I'm saying. That, is... That's a weeb, yeah. Are, are okay? Are weebs the comic book, or are you saying the the manga or whatever? Manga is the style of comic book. Okay, but weebs are like white dudes that are super obsessed with Japanese culture, and they're really weird. Oh, okay. like these are the guys that have like the waifu pillow, like the body pillow with some fucking uh, who the fuck knows what anime character that they're like oh man i'm just gonna go up and go to bed and they just they you know they fucked that pillow oh yeah 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 it's like a body pillow but it's a waifu yeah waifu pillow that's what i just said is waifu pillow yeah yeah Yeah. these are the same dudes these are the same dudes that unironically naruto run in public and you're like dude you need to be uh what's the word what's the word i'm looking for here uh, removed from the gene pool, so okay. I've yeah. heard of Naruto. I don't even have. A okay, run. so what it is? I is know it's when, an anime. When white or... dudes bend forward and they put their head down, they put their arms way back behind them and they run. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, um, yeah, dude. Google it. Yeah, kids were doing that way before Naruto. <sighs> I know, but that's what made it popular. What I'm saying is these what people. Want? These what? people need to be sterilized. They no. don't need to repopulate. Listen, it's... we tried that one time. Maybe it's time to try again. <laughs> Cuz there's a lot of weird cultural shit that you're just like, "Oh man, they are going to they they are going to find out about this in like a thousand years ago." Wow, they really were fucked up, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They fought each other over who was going to fucking control them when it didn't really matter cuz they're both two sides of the same coin, you know. Then uh just all kinds of weird shit. There's some guy buried in the remains of what looks like a plastic dinosaur costume. Yeah. Weird shit, man. 
and the gravestone's gonna say Robert, you know, and then but then they do a they look at the bones, they're gonna go. Robert was a female. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Really starting to think maybe a comet is not a bad idea. Just start fresh. With a different species, clearly, because we are not fucking good at this. We got to a point where, like, holy shit, we learned how to fly. And now, if you say something mean, you have to get fired from your job. You know, because you said something rude on the internet. Yeah, and 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 we don't want to call it breastfeeding anymore. Which is what it is. We want to call it front feeding. Chest feeding. The chest feeding. Fuck all of that. It's breastfeeding. Yeah, and, and you cuz cuz it has to be binary. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't cuz men can't breastfeed. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay, this may get me some shit. But if you were born a man, right? Uh-huh. There's no fucking way ever that you will be able to biologically breastfeed a child. Will a kid try to latch onto your tits if you're a dude? Yeah, my son tries to do it all the time. Except he's now gotten to the point where it's not so much, I'm just going to grab it with my mouth. He just takes his little knuckles and he'll just grab it and squeeze and turn. And you can't do anything because there's hair in there too. And it hurts. So uh, he's, he's learning young grasshopper. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a fucking... Twister. He's going to be a purple nurple master. He's going to get a black belt. Yeah, he's going to be teaching the master course. So, Hello. (laughs) But, yeah, so, well, maybe we'll get canceled. Who knows? I mean, at this point in time, we're like 200 and some odd episodes in. That's fine. Nobody knows where I work, so can't get me fired from a job I don't want to do anyway. So We haven't been canceled yet. Fuck them. I mean, people would have to listen to the show to get us canceled. That's true. You know, um. Anyway, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Dark that's, Windows Pod. That was a great transition. Because we got all controversial. Somehow that's controversial to say what we said. But um, I, I fucking hate this planet. <laughs> I want to go to a different one by myself and just never speak to anything else that looks like me. So what Kevin's trying to say is... I'm going to bring a dog. Go over to Facebook. Yeah. We're on there, Dark Windows Podcast. And you can go... We can find us on Instagram, Dark Windows Pod, and Twitter I at Dark Pod. Literally, just said that. Okay, you know what? I was just I listen. You were listening so hard that you didn't hear me. I forgot because yeah. we talked about fucking like five other things in between. I just kind of forgot. That's okay, that's all right. Anyway, I think we're gonna leave now because we got to go do Patreon now. Okay, bye. <laughs> just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Thank you.